0: Welcome to the on Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, post game at the State Farm Center where we just saw a classic. Unfortunately for Illinois, did not go their way is number four Purdue defeats Illinois 96-88. It's the second loss this uh, season for Illinois to a top five team at home. Arizona now is number three in the country. Uh, they were number 11 when they came to State Farm Center last month and won that game. It is a missed opportunity for Illinois to get a huge win over Purdue, get some separation from the Boilermakers in this Big Ten race. Purdue now just a game and a half back of Illinois. But Joey Wagner we have seen against Arizona and Purdue that Illinois can compete with these teams. They just haven't been able to win. And I know a lot of fans are complaining about the refs and sure, some calls didn't go your way. Um, I thought Illinois fouled many times that they were called for fouls, but some calls didn't go your way, but still you just couldn't execute quite enough to get what would have been a marquee win that is still missing. on know Illinois' resume right now is that marquee win, but man, that was a heck of a basketball game.
1: Yeah, it was a really good basketball game. And I don't, you see the absence of Io DeSumo a little bit in these big games because it just felt like he just knew how to do it. Now, we all know the clutch shots, right? Like, we all saw those. There's just the moments in those last two or three minutes beyond just one big shot. And that's not to say Illinois is going to be absent of that through March. It's just I, I think right now they're learning who needs to do what and where in some of these big closing time games. As Derek Piper and I talked about in Lincoln they just haven't been in a lot of closing time games. I know Derek talked about it again, I believe, at Michigan. So it's not like this is every game's a one or two possession game down the stretch. It just so happens to be those are against top five basketball teams. So they're trying to figure out, I think, what, what that closing time looks like. And Purdue, Arizona aren't going to make it easy and just give them those lessons on the free there. I
0: will say, like, Maryland, Nebraska, Michigan, it wasn't a one-possession game with a minute left, but there were – those that was clutch time. Five minutes left, those were games. Those were up in the air. So they did find ways to close those games. But against a, a great opponent, they haven't beat a great opponent yet. They haven't beat a ranked opponent. Their best win is Iowa, which is top 20 in, in the in the net rankings. And I think Iowa could be a really good win on the road um, You know, throughout the season. But other than that, that's their only top 50 win or uh, top 50 net win so far this season i I do think though joey that there's some positives to take away from this i mean it's a loss all of a sudden big 10 race gets really really tight at the top with what five six teams within a game and a half of each other through seven games in, in illinois sense but um you did compete you did fight like this team got down 13 in the first half they come back and make this a game, tie it up. You know, and End of the game, looked like they were going to lose. Purdue misses a free throw. Jaden Ivey, the front end. Illinois finds a way to, to push it into overtime. First overtime, Purdue misses a free throw. Stepanovich, they make a, a shot at the end to, to force this into double overtime. So this team certainly has a lot of fight, a lot of grit. It's just some execution it is the difference between beating Arizona and beating Purdue.
1: Yeah, and they were trying to do that today. While merging Andre Curbelo back, and I think that that matters too. And they were trying to do that today without an All-American, seven-foot, 300-pound man in the paint. Now Purdue played small too, so that's almost a wash there. Maybe that would have changed a little bit down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, they, there's still a lot there with this Illinois team, right? Like
0: I mean, they looked like a top-15 team today,
1: even though they lost. Purdue
0: looked like a top-five team, right? Like Purdue looked like what we saw in the non-conference, those big 10 losses they have so far look like really outliers for the most part. Like Purdue has played great basketball otherwise. And I I include this in Illinois stretch of what, 11 wins in 13 games, they played great basketball. So I don't don't feel worse about Illinois long-term outside of... The Big Ten race just got a lot uh, tighter and, and a lot tougher for Illinois to put away Purdue.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you could have gone to bed tonight, if you're Brad Underwood and this Illinois team and Purdue is three and a half games behind you on January 17th, you're probably sleeping pretty well. That That's not, I mean, you don't bury Purdue in the middle of January. That's just not what happens. But three and a half games, is an awfully lot of games. They uh,
0: wouldn't have been six feet under, but they would have been like four, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think obviously the national perspective of Illinois would have been, holy crap, I mean, this is, it had all the makings, right? Curbelo's bag, it's like, oh, this is the Illinois, like you could almost feel it coming if they would have pulled it off. But yeah, I mean, now it's just in, in the big 10, Jeremy, with what you've got to cut out teams, for, and, and not completely cut out, Purdue, but if you could limit who's at the top of this thing to you as Illinois, to Michigan State, to Wisconsin, to Ohio State, that feels a lot different, man, because you're you're just shrinking your circle a little bit here. But now it's, look, it's going to be fun to, for everybody else to watch down the stretch with all of these high-level teams going. But this was, that would have been a big one. A, a lot of. Three and a half games is a lot of separation. Sitting summer baseball here, man, that's a lot of time.
0: And what's amazing about this game, Illinois, pushing it to, to two overtimes is Kofi Coburn was not good. Your, your best player had his probably worst game of the year. 10 points, five rebounds, three of nine from the field. Played only 22 minutes in this game because of foul trouble. And I know the, the third one where uh, I'd have to see a replay of it, but I think he got knocked down to the ground and Edie fell over him, right? Like that that's a hard look foul and, and really a tough foul to take, but Edie ate him up today. I mean, kudos. Zach Edie is the Yao Ming of Big Ten basketball. Kofi's the Shaq, and he, Yao won this one, right? Like, he was unbelievable in that first half, getting fouls on Kofi, and just his ability to finish around the rim. 20 points for him on 14 field goal attempts today. Uh, he was the better big man, and, and Coloco was the better big man uh, against Arizona. So Kofi in these high you know intensity games with teams with other great bigs has not been good right like he, he just hasn't been good enough for illinois to win uh, it's amazing that illinois was in a position to have a chance to win in overtimes despite that so um they need him to play better against michigan state against wisconsin against purdue again when they play again against michigan if they got hunter dickinson right we didn't get to see him last game against michigan he even struggled against nebraska so Kofi's got a high, you know, we had a high expectation of Kofi. He just didn't meet that today. Yeah,
1: that's what happens when you come in and you've got all the all awards sitting on your mantle there, right, in the preseason. People are going to have high expectations of who you are and what you're expected to do. Now, you can flip this and say Nebraska was still really weird to me, to be honest. I, I did not. I mean, Derek and I were like, could this be the 2020 night as we were sitting at McDonald's, you know, getting food before the game? And it wasn't at all. But there's not a lot of teams that are going to be able to come anywhere moderately close to matching what he has. So that, I mean, that's the flip side of it. This side of it is to get to where you want to go, you're going to run into teams with big, big men. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? What, where's your answer from Kofi? And I think we've covered Kofi long enough to think that like, he's going to find an answer, right? I don't think we're sitting here saying, like, oh, no. <laughs> he's
0: not good. No, he's, he's plenty good enough, and he's, he's been awesome in in most of your wins i think nebraska is the only one but in the two high level games against great opponents that if you want to win a big 10 championship if you want to go to a final four you can't have kofi have games like this more games like this right He gotta he's got to elevate his play a little bit more and he's done it in the past right um but even Loyola chicago struggled early in that game before he kind of took over down the stretch to give illinois a chance i mean that's what being an all-american's all about is you got to show up in these big moments and i'll say this Jaden ivy didn't have a great game until you know, he, he was three of ten for the field. Demonte Williams was fantastic on him, but he got to the foul line. He found a way to get to the foul line and, and was huge, I believe, early in that second overtime or first overtime. Can't remember uh, where he had six straight points to start that. Um, you know, Kofi didn't have those moments today.
1: He didn't, and it, I thought Brad's uh, kind of decision making on when to play Kofi. He said he kept him in there after the third foul, and that to me was probably the most like. Okay, really foul. It looked like he had fallen and Edie fell over him. And and Kofi was called for a foul, but Brad kept him. And and this was early in the second half and didn't go to the bench because Kofi sat for a long stretch in the end of the first half. I think Brad wanted to try to get his guy in a rhythm. It just didn't happen because less than three minutes later, he got the fourth and after that it was just really helter skelter i mean can, it, can
0: yeah. i can i mention can i mention this like it's the exact opposite decision he made against maryland and he took a lot of mm-hmm. flack for that right where where maryland goes on this big run uh, against illinois with Kofi sitting on the bench well this is why <laughs> this, this is why he did it because the downside is he could pick up a fourth foul and you don't have him for 10 more minutes for that so um, this these are the tough coaching decisions you got to make and i sat there and said man maybe you do roll with him but when you got Purdue and Edie and Jaden and Ivy attacking the basket, it's going to be really difficult not to pick up a foul for Kofi. And Kofi's been really good throughout his career in not picking up fouls, uh, but Purdue has a way of putting them on him.
1: Yeah, I think it might be a little different than Maryland in my eyes because he did go to the bench with two yeah. in the first half, just like he did in Maryland. And I think he probably would have stayed there the whole time, but Omar Payne had three. And at some point you need a large man to guard the two large men on Purdue. But the, the interesting – and I think that is what dictated – the decision on the third but yeah it is similar to the maryland in the sense that like when he got his third like 14 seconds and it was more than that probably about a minute or whatever it was in the second half i think we all probably would have expected kofi to go to the bench you can like the foul or hate the foul call it was a foul that wasn't going to change and he didn't and that's man that, that stretch that three-minute stretch changed a lot of the game i don't think illinois you know maybe illinois doesn't win if kofi's not in foul trouble but, man, that just changed a lot of what was asked, and it allowed for kind of a, a one-night starter to bloom there.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk here in a second, but Omar Payne I thought was great to start this game, right? Kofi gets into foul trouble. Omar Payne comes in and stopped Trevion Williams on I think three straight possessions. Um, but then the flagrant, the flagrant and the double technical Really changed, I thought, the momentum of the game. That's when Purdue went on its 17-0 run. Now that's it wasn't all on Omar Payne, but that was just a big moment where Illinois has had these, whether it's Coleman Hawkins or Andre Curbelo early in the year, and now Omar Payne, where you can be tough, you can be physical, you can talk a little bit, but you got to be smart, and that really hurt uh, the Illini. We got to dive in Andre Curbelo, but let's mention Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, because when Kofi goes to the, gets his fourth foul. Joy, we're thinking probably, man, Illinois is going to have a really tough time winning this game. But Benjamin Bossman's Verdong played the game of his life. Uh, 20 minutes. You know, the stat line doesn't look great. Four points, four rebounds, two steals. Um, You know, he missed two free throws in double overtime that were really, really uh, key for, for Illinois to prolong that game. But his defense on Trevion Williams, he battled against Zach Eady. Zach Eady barely Attempted a shot when Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk was in the game and Trevion Williams in the second half despite Kofi despite Omar Payne not playing much was two of seven from the field. He had a couple good makes because he's a good offensive player down the stretch but uh, Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk gave him 20 minutes where he allowed Illinois to stay in that game. Unbelievable,
1: unbelievable defensive performance and just a ton of toughness from him. He played eight minutes since the calendar turned to 2022 and he comes out and plays 20 tonight against the number four team in the country, against two of the top big men in the country. And if you just turned it on, like if you were just channel surfing, you would have not known that this guy had only played eight minutes since the January 1st. I mean, he really, we saw against, like I think, lesser competition earlier in this year. I can't remember the specific game. But Ben came in and played well, and I go, oh, okay. Offensively, still very limited in a pretty significant way but defensively it makes so much sense like my mind goes back a little bit to the Iowa game last year where Brad threw him out there against Luca Garza. Brad's got a lot of trust in him defensively. Now can you do enough around him offensively to mitigate that for four or five minute stretches? Because defensively is what Brad cares about. He's not going to have an issue with Ben on that end, but you just got to have the confidence in the right pieces. I think there's That's probably also notable of who you surround him with. Because he still is a good passer out of the post. But, man, didn't see it coming. I mean, I don't think we walked in here today like, hey, you know what? Listen, boss man's podium game. And he really, good for him. Because it seems like he's the guy that everybody, you don't hear them say a bad word about him. You hear them say how hard he works in practice, how much he comes in to stay. Brad loves his makeup and everything he's about. It's just there are limitations. And you, when you're trying to do what they're trying to do, you, you've got to decide when to, to put him out there. But, man, what a performance for him. It, 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 he's got a couple of those every year, but I didn't think the, the couple one of the couple would come against Purdue.
0: Yeah, I mean, doing that against two of the best big men, not only the Big Ten, but the country, uh, shout out to that kid. That, that was an unbelievable performance. Okay, Joey, we're kind of burying the lead of of Andre Corbello. We saw him come out. He tapped me on the shoulder and said, look, uh, it's Andre Corbello coming out in full line-eye shorts. He was getting his warm-up. We're thinking, oh, could he play 8 to 12 minutes, give him another primary ball handler, take some pressure off of Trent Frazier, ends up playing 25 minutes, and I, I haven't seen the breakdown, Joey. It seemed like he played the last 12, 15 minutes of this game, something like that. Uh, but Crabell, 20 points, 8 of 15 from the field, 18 of those coming after the first, after halftime, uh, 4 or 5 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, and he had 3 assists. He should have had like 7. Um, and also, 0 turnovers. Illinois only had eight turnovers today and, what, 50 minutes of action tonight. Um, he looked like Andre Capello I mean, we were expecting, and Brad Underwood was expecting, smaller role. He's, Brad Underwood said he's had two full practices and that his conditioning is awful right now. Certainly didn't look that way. I know he missed a couple shots down the stretch, but he made some huge ones, created some great opportunities for his teammates. Anyone who thought this team was better without Andre Kerbel can eat it because that showed you tonight his value. How easy it was for him, and Purdue's not great defensively, but how easy it is for him to break down a defense, get open shots for his teammates, finish for himself. He's not a great shooter. He's 0 for 2 from 3, but he's got that little mid-range game and the ability to finish around the hoop. Um, he just gives them a primary ball handler that they need in the worst way to complement and take some, some pressure off of Trent Frazier, who had 16 points but needed 16 shots to get there. Um, Andre Cabell looked like all Big Ten. Andre Cabral. I don't know if it was All-American, but they don't need that. They need um, a great point guard, and he was a great point guard, and a huge reason they were in this game.
1: Yeah, Jeremy. let's be honest. There were games before he, he missed this almost two-month-now stretch where there were more what-is-he-doing plays than, than plays that were really productive to win. I can count maybe one, There may be a shot or two tonight that I thought or today that I thought like, oh, I don't know. And I think Brad, there was one that Brad kind of looked at him and was like, hey, to cool it a little bit, calm down. And I think he did, and I don't think he forced anything. And man, you just see, like if I would have told you before the season, before we knew that he was going to miss two months, if I have said, hey, your guy's gonna have 20 points on eight of fifteen shooting with three uh six rebounds and three assists with some hockey assists in there, probably should have been four. I think a lot of people would have been like, All right, that is good. And now would they have said, should he have had more assists? Yeah, and he should have. That's not on him. He, he made the plays to get the assists. But I did not expect a 20-point performance against Purdue. I, I actually, and, and we had talked about this, like, when is the right time, right? Like, like was Michigan the right time? And, and maybe that was a medical thing. And it's like Purdue feels like a big moment. Yeah. Well,
0: you, that, thought, you thought, like, Nebraska could be that time? or would yeah, Maryland, sure. Or would Maryland be that time this week? But I think there's almost less pressure on Andre Curbelo against a top-five opponent because he wouldn't have been the reason they lost this game, right? Like, And he, he wouldn't have put that on himself. I think he took that Marquette loss really on himself. And then the Cincinnati loss happened after that. Like, You could tell that was heavy on Andre Curbello. Um, We didn't get to talk to him tonight. I don't know when we'll get to talk to him so we can know what this last couple of months has been like for him. But that was awful. That was a great performance Uh, given the circumstances given that Brad Underwood says he's got terrible conditioning right now as you said there were maybe two times I thought he forced things Um, that's how he has to play I thought this was so encouraging so even if short term you lose this game it certainly wasn't because of Andre Corbello the long term this team's ceiling just went way higher because they needed a player like Andre Corbello in my opinion to get to where they want to be which is Big Ten Championship as well as deep run in the NCAA tournament
1: yeah I think literally just think back to Friday and Trent Frazier also played 47 minutes tonight I think he played 38 give or take on Friday think back
0: 47 minutes 52 seconds think about that Demonte played 45 minutes with a bad oblique or lat or something yeah.
1: but think about those two or three minutes on Friday against Michigan without Trent Frazier and it was like oh my god will they ever get into a set again Like, what is happening here? DeMonte struggled against Michigan, and and probably the worst way we've seen him struggle in some time, and we've known Andre Corbello is going to help this team. I think anybody objectively looking who's not just mad about two losses should have known.
0: Or mad that, like, Marquette game is going to be some thing that happens over and over again. That was the worst game of his career. Do people not remember what he did against Kansas State? I thought he was really strong against Kansas State as he, before he went out of that game. Like you just see again, it was. I think people maybe needed to be reminded just how dang good he is, and and good for him. I think this is huge for his confidence.
1: Yeah, that's what. Think back to the three minutes, and you thought, oh my God, what's going to happen? And now flash forward, and like, oh this, right? And and now when it, what's this all look like down the line? There's still a lot of time for Brad to figure out when you bring him. I mean, I'm struggling to think he's not going to be back in that starting lineup at some point in the next few weeks, maybe. I, I don't know. I guess that's probably dependent on conditioning. I don't care if he's starting. I, I like him off the
0: bench, to be honest with you. He can still play 20, 25 minutes a game like he did last year.
1: Yeah, and then if, if he gets comfortable, because, look, there's a reason that everybody who followed college basketball, be it a coach or whoever, was like, hey, this guy could be in for a jump. He's really good at basketball, right? Like, he, he just is. But, man, it, it, it takes the ceiling. Really high, and to to be honest, it probably takes the floor up too. Everything is raised with him on the floor now. I I still think, and Brad has talked a lot about the follow-up, right? Like, you see how he is after a practice. You see how he is this and this. Let's be honest; that's probably still going to be important here in the next two or three days as they prepare for a trip to Maryland. Is how is Andre recovering? How, How is you know what's what's this all look like after stacked practices, after a game, after 20 minutes of basketball? I'm not saying there should be cause for concern, but just in what we've heard from Brad, it's worth thinking, okay, it's, I don't think this is just a switch, right, that flips. There's still the conditioning aspect, and they're still going to be cautious with the guy. But goodness gracious, what a performance. I mean, and clutch moments, man, like down the stretch in, the, in regulation, in overtime. I know they had to sit him to start the second overtime. If he was visibly exhausted, as one is when they've not played in two months, But, man, there were shots that you just thought, like, oh, I've seen him do this, and he did it.
0: I think tonight just shows that, especially with Curbello, this team is so much more than just Kofi Coburn. Right, like Alfonso Plummer didn't think his defense was strong tonight. There were some moments late where he got beat on back cuts. 24 points, right, 6-12 from three. You you just saw him confidently taking those threes late in the game. Trent Frazier didn't have a great shooting night, but attacked the rim really well. I thought his defense was phenomenal, six assists to one turnover. Demonte Williams' defense on Jaden Ivey throughout the night was huge. And then you get a guy like Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk who you can match up with. Now, Coleman Hawkins only played four minutes, apparently had the flu. That's a guy you can match up with. Like, this team's depth gets so much better. They have so many more answers when Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk has a game like that. Curbelo is back. Like Matt Painter talked about how much more difficult they are to guard when you have Curbelo being able to do uh, what he does. So It's weird that they lost, and there's things to lament. You missed an opportunity, but this team's really good. Purdue's better right now. Right, the Big Ten standings don't show that, but Purdue has better wins, marquee wins, including today on the road at a great atmosphere at State Farm Center, but Illinois is right there. They, they just have to find a breakthrough. And what Brad Underwood said though, Joey, is you can't let one loss turn into two. They've had that happen a couple times in the last couple years, most notably two years ago, they had some longer losing streaks. Last year, they let uh, the, the Maryland loss turn into the Ohio State loss, I believe that was. Uh, I think that was the order of those games. Now you go to Maryland on the road. Maryland's played you well uh, during the Brad Underwood era. You got to bounce back, win that game. Then you come home against Michigan State for another chance to prove yourself that you are, along with Purdue, the Big Ten favorites and don't let Michigan State overtake you. So it's now take care of business because that was one loss. It's one game. It does make the Big Ten race a lot more interesting moving forward, but you have plenty of opportunities with Maryland, Michigan State, Northwestern in the next three games to close out this month. To end this month, what nine and one in the big 10 and
1: potentially further separate yourself yeah and then february is a just a nightmare right like this is this is still a big stretch i know there's not any of those like michigan state will be that game like this game was and like michigan was this is just a take care of yourself a couple weeks here right beat who you're supposed to beat and if in your mind that includes michigan state good for you for thinking that it's at home it should be yeah, yeah. you should so this is still a, this is a big closing stretch. And, and then in February, it'll get to those like, you know, these big ones again, right? But you, to do what they want to do, you, these are games. Like you, you don't just get to sleepwalk through games anymore if you want to win the Big Ten. And this is a big stretch of games that, let's be honest, Northwestern, Maryland, it might be easy to sleepwalk through a little bit. You just can't let it happen. Yeah, well,
0: you can't have like what happened with Michigan State. But I think Illinois is more talented. Than Michigan State. I think they have more scoring options than, than Michigan State, so um, it's a disappointing missed opportunity. But uh, in the long term, can you get better from this? I think Brad Underwood said we got better today. I don't disagree with him because you got Andre Curbelo back, right? Like your big man struggled against the best post rotation probably in the country. Gonzaga obviously is is very high up there, but and you still had a chance to win. I, I think that's, that's encouraging that you had that ability, you had that toughness, and you have that firepower to be able to do that against a great team.
1: Yeah, and think uh, when Brad said that, his tone in the presser was way different than it was after Arizona. He was ticked after Arizona, like, mad, because his team didn't execute. His team, there was the five seconds on Alfonso Plummer, there was kind of fading away down the stretch, and, and looking back, Maybe an armchair theorist. He was frustrated just how, how helter skelter the, the start of the year was, but this was a different tone. When really the game was still the magnitude. So, and I don't think he was coming in. Brad Underwood, by the way, is not some guy who's going to pat you on the back. I mean, like that's just that's not. If he's mad and frustrated, uh, you're going to know it pretty quickly. So uh, that to me was also tough it seemed very genuine. Like, man, we lost a Big Ten game. I get it against a, a number four team in the country. That's going to be really good, might end up in the Final Four because Purdue's got all the talent in the world at every single spot. It's been very tough for
0: Purdue to do, though,
1: historically. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long
0: time since yeah. they've been in the Final Four. But I agree with you. This team, especially offensively, uh, is just awesome. Like Matt Painter said, they're average defensively. But offensively, they're, they just have so many answers. I mean, Trevion Williams was 6 of 18 today, but he still made some huge shots. Zach Eady, who who can guard him? Right? like I, I don't know who can guard him. You can take advantage of him defensively a little bit, but then who's going to guard him on the other end? Ivy can get to the bucket, get to the foul line, and then Stefanovich, man, when, when he gets when he gets free, it, it just always looks like it's going to get in. It's a surprise when he misses. He had a huge game.
1: Kudos to him. Dude, what a beautiful shot. I mean, like, I don't even know if he cares that the rim is there. He's not going to It is just dead-eyed, snipered, that kid's just really, really good, and it's the perfect... I thought Matt Painter was right, by the way, in saying like there's a lot of similarities between Illinois and Purdue. You've got a dominant big man. In the case of Purdue, dominant big men. And you also have shooters around them, and you've got to figure it out. Like For as much as we've covered Illinois and understood how well they shoot combined with Kofi, man, Purdue can say the same thing. That was awesome because they just mimic each other so much, and they mirror each other, and... That was that was fun, dude.
0: What an awesome day.
1: Like I know they didn't win,
0: but what an awesome atmosphere. What an awesome game. I've for longest time, Joey, I've just reminisced about the Illinois Rutgers triple overtime classic and hit Piscataway at the rack. It's one of the most the greatest games. Um, these are better. These, these kind of games. Even Arizona, man, what a performance. What a game that was. Uh, if you're an unbiased observer, like Illinois might not have had the moments like, yep, Illinois, you see these national writers saying, Illinois, definitely a national title contender. Illinois earned some respect today, right? Um, they just need their big man to play better, need to execute a little bit better uh, to, to beat these kind of teams. But Illinois is legit. They're, they're a Big Ten title contender, and they, I think they showed that again today. It's just uh, produced pretty good, too. <laughs> it's a pretty dang good boy team. Isn't
1: it crazy that Big Ten's got a couple pretty good teams, right? And, and that's one of them. That, man, that was awesome. It was just fun, dude.
0: Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. If you don't already, give us a follow, give us a rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. We'll have plenty of content tonight on the Illini loss where they go from here we spoke with benjamin bossman's verdonk alfonso plumber brad underwood matt painter is always fun to talk to and and he had some great insight on that and uh we we'll something on curbello something on bossman's verdonk our player grades and more coming up at alina hope you all had a great day take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time on the alina inquire podcast